Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Casey, you okay? I mean, you know, I'm waiting for the actual intro, and there we are on camera. Felt like I was back doing the Reds again. <laughs> uh, the intro was playing. I just, it's on your computer. No, it came up on the screen in front of me. <laughs> okay. I Don't just bail him out. <laughs> yeah. just Guys are talking about women's basketball gambling a little while ago. Good Lord. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Where is that coming from? No, no, that was Brandon. You're good. Was that Brandon? Yeah, you're good. Boy, we're off to a rip-roaring start here today. <laughs> oh, good morning. Welcome to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 to noon Eastern time. You can find us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We ask you please subscribe to the program. We also stream on Facebook. That is the Chatterbox Sports page. If you prefer to join us in podcast form, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you are dialed in. All right, Bengals on the practice field in just a little while getting ready for Sunday's showdown in Buffalo. Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator, laid all to rest about the left tackle position for the AFC semifinal. It's Fairfield native Jackson Carmen. Wisely, he's been getting a lot of reps at the position since Jonah Williams originally dislocated his kneecap, though he didn't miss any games. Williams, of course, suffered the same injury last week against Baltimore. The Bills, meanwhile, had a walkthrough practice yesterday. They have a number of players on the injured list, including starting safety Jordan Poyer with a knee. He's expected to go on Sunday, kickoff from Orchard Park at 3 o'clock. Elsewhere in the NFL. Jim Schwartz is back where it all began. Cleveland, he's a team's new defensive coordinator. Schwartz got his start in coaching with the Brownies back in the early 1990s. Imagine, he worked alongside in Cleveland in those days with Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Schwartz was a part-time coach last year in Tennessee. He was unable to be a full-time coach the last couple of years due to a thyroid condition. But now he's back and ready to improve a Cleveland defense that clearly underachieved last year. That guy knows defense. He knows defense. Brandon Staley is staying on as head coach of the Chargers, although he will have a half a dozen new coaches next season after the offensive staff was pretty much gutted yesterday, including offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi and quarterback coach Shane Day. Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell was noncommittal about the future of his defensive coordinator, Ed Donatelli. That was at a season-ending news conference yesterday. Minnesota was eliminated Sunday as a number three seed by the six-seeded New York football Giants. College news. After Garrett Riley left TCU to become offensive coordinator at Clemson over the weekend, Sonny Dykes wasted no time in naming a top replacement, Art Bryles has been the offensive coordinator at Arkansas the last three years, but now a Horned Frog. Dykes and Bryles worked together years ago on the same offensive staff at Texas Tech under the late head coach, Mike Leach. College basketball last night. Paul, what in the world? Missed layups. Yeah, it was a good night. Perfect storm of bad things happened last night for Xavier. And 
You know, it happens. Move on. It does. I mean, we all forget these are 18 to 21-year-old young men. Xavier ranked in the top 10 this week for the first time in years. Went on the road and lost to an 8-10 and 10 DePaul team, 73-72 the final. The Muskies shot 38% from the field, 4 for 20 from 3. And their winning streak ends at 11 straight. Xavier plays Georgetown Saturday at the Cintas Center. UC, meanwhile, playing good basketball. Bearcats get an 85-69 route at South Florida. UC is now 14-6. and six. They've won 8 of their last 10. What in the heck is going on here? No, we're not answering it. Good Lord. Next up, Memphis. That'll be at home on Sunday. Huggy Bear and West Virginia. Jump all over number 17, TCU, 74-65, the final in Morgantown. The Mountaineers' first win in the rugged Big 12 Conference. And just for Casey, tonight Cleveland State is at NKU. Norser 11-8, 6-2 in the Horizon League. That's good enough for a four-way tie for first place with Cleveland State, Milwaukee, and Youngstown State. Coach Horn, one of our favorites. Big weekend for the Norse. They have four home games in a row now, and they have the last seven of the last eight games are on the road. So if you want to win the Horizon, you got to win these next four. Well, I am very glad that you filled Casey in and on that, Paul, because he has no idea what the hell is going on at his alma mater. Sorry, Casey. He didn't even know a player's name. I'm here for you, Casey. Don't listen to Tom. We got you. I got you. If you're on an island, I'm there with you. Thank you, Paul. (laughs) I can always depend on you. Most of the time. (laughs) <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. I know who Drew McDonald was. There we go. That counts. What? <laughs> see? You couldn't name him. You know see? Was. See? I, Don't listen to this. I, just, I hear something coming over here from the listen, right. Listen, I know, I know I have not given NKU the respect it deserves. I will be better. I will be better, Norse Nation. <laughs> Sound like Tim Tebow in that speech. Nobody will lead Norse Nation better than I will the rest of this season. I mean, uh, even Sir Boy Wonder says, and he's normally a very forgiving sort. He says Casey is slacking. It's your alma mater. I talk about my alma mater every game they play. Good, bad, or indifferent. I know. I, you know, it was different when I was able to watch every game. And now I can't watch Now you're game. watching women's basketball and gambling on it. That I'm was a conversation we had. And I mean, look. If you want to look up, and I have to clean up my language for this, okay, from earlier here in the studio. If you look up the word degenerate, and I had used the term blanking degenerate, okay, you fill in a blank. In the dictionary, there would be a picture of you guys gambling on women's college basketball. No, I, mean, I mean, you I, have I got don't. to be kidding me. I don't. I can't. Because <laughs> I, I work either. in it. It's European League women. Brandon gambled gambled on Europe. I had heard Paul uh, had used uh, the example of Creighton v. Providence. So that was women's college. I love women's college basketball. I was one of the all-time great girls coaches here in the region for years. Won a city championship with eight players. But... You guys are talking about European women's professional basketball gambling. Are you kidding well, me? Well, that's what Brandon was on while we were at lunch yesterday. What I was saying, which I, which I can't do, which I cannot do because I work in it, but I, I, I do look at it and follow it, is that there are uh, – I mean, you, you can look at women's basketball lines, and they're consistently way off. And, like, 
if you're just talking about making a profit, like everybody's here to make a profit. They're, they're not close. The lines are never close to what actually happens on the court. So there's that. Look, the people, Casey was up 11 units yesterday. Again, that's 33 units in the last two days. How much money is that? Uh, I would impress Casey on that, but that's, I mean, hey, if you're betting a hundred all, if you're betting a hundred dollars a unit, he's not betting a hundred a unit. Ah, uh, that's right. He's betting a thousand. Wow! Sharp. Look at that face. <laughs> Sharp better. That. Sharp better over here. Wow! All right, all right. Uh, coming up today, we're going to welcome back our buddy Zim Hudek. Now he's been kind of um, you know floating around in Never Never Land. He was expelled for a while from Twitter. It was uh, ridiculous. Uh, he was agitated with a bunch of Cleveland fans going way back to the Halloween game. He gets suspended from Twitter for a while, but now he's back. Him and his main man, Ace Boogie, win Cincinnati. Uh, he's going to join us at 11 o'clock. Best 30 minutes in television twice a week, the Tracer. You have anything on your mind for the Tracer? Just as a little tease. Here today, Casey, anything come up with Alex about the wedding, parking, flowers? No, um, nothing about the wedding. Um, but I am kind of curious on how he feels about us betting. I don't think we ever really asked him how he feels about us betting Tra at all. Tracy strikes me as somebody that either bets a lot or hates it with a passion. There's no middle ground. There's no like, oh, I threw 100 bucks on the Bengals this weekend. Tracy strikes me as somebody that either gets in the weeds with everything or has never put anything in in his life. Would yeah, you know? Comment? What do you, well, you know him better than we do. What do no. you think? Well, you know, I, I mean, I'm not sure what to think. You know, I, I just want to hear. I, I'm interested in, in Casey and what happens after we have these conversations with Tracy. Do you actually go back home in your new house out in Mason? And the two of you are huddled up there together having dinner, maybe, you know, watching, getting ready to watch a show, doing errands around the house, whatever it is. Are you, if she's unable to watch, sometimes she can, sometimes she can't, are you actually having these conversations with her? Of course. That's great advice. <laughs> That's great advice. I got to at least lay it out on the table for her. There we go. Brian in the chat says Tracy doesn't throw away money gambling. Uh, it's because he's smart. He's smart. He, he probably makes money he's gambling. He's not throwing it away when you're going to win responsibly. Okay. All right. Today, for until we have um, Zim at 11 o'clock, and tomorrow we have picks. We're going to be joined by uh, Sam Monson from uh, Pro Football Focus tomorrow to talk about really, you know, inside some of the numbers. They grade out every player. Pro and college at each position, every single game throughout the year and the postseason, and talk about some of the matchups. Really get into uh, the X's and O's of football tomorrow. And we have our picks tomorrow as we're down to the final, um, you know, weekend of, of, of having the chance to make up some ground. I've been eliminated. Casey still has a chance. We'll do all that tomorrow. Um, but we're going to get into some of the games this weekend. Okay, it's going to start off on Saturday, and that'll be Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth, uh, Jags v. Kansas City, second time they met this year. Giants and Eagles, third time they've met this year. 
The Eagles have won both games, one in a route. The other was pretty much like a preseason game because it didn't mean anything the last game of the year except for the fact that Jalen Hurts came back and played in that game and Philly was able to win and nail down the number one seed. Then, of course, you have the Bengals v. Buffalo. Sunday afternoon, the nightcap Sunday, Cowboys at the 49ers, and that one will be on Fox. All right, let's start, gentlemen, with the Jags and Chiefs. It's a foregone conclusion that everybody around here is clearly rooting for the um, Kansas City Chiefs to lose. You know, and, and digging around on, on some of the things in this game, it, it is, to me, the most important part of this outside of Mahomes turning it over four times or, you know, something like that out of the ordinary. Uh, Jacksonville has made a habit, and we saw it last week, when they fell behind 27 to nothing with two minutes left to go in the first half. They go down the field, they score a touchdown to get on the board. They rally, as we know, monster second half from Trevor Lawrence, and, and they win the game. But in the first half this year, they are one of the worst first half teams in the league from a point differential standpoint. Second half of games, they are among the very best. They're almost plus 70 in the second half. They have had this year at least two score deficits in five of their 10 wins, including the playoff game last week. Now we both know, all of us, they have zero chance if they fall behind to Kansas City, unlike the Chargers. You fall behind 17 nothing. 20 nothing, 27 nothing. it ain't happening. Well, is that the case? I mean, we thought the same thing about the Bengals, and they did it twice. This is the Bengals. I this know. Is not, I mean, but we're, we're, we're talking Jacksonville. You think they can go into Kansas City? I think they do it a different, a different way, yes. Yeah, I, do, I think they can go into Jackson, or not Jacksonville. I think they can go into Kansas City, and I think they can actually come away with a win, but they got to play it their way. They It's got to be a game where they don't make any mistakes. Yep. They don't get down early. I, To be fair, I think they could come back if they do get down early, but I don't think that they'll be able to keep up with Kansas City. And that offense. I think if they keep everything in front of them yep. and they're able to pressure Mahomes, if they get out to an early lead, I think that they have a good chance. Like well, I think they, they have a chance in the game. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. The point that I was asking you was if they fall behind 17 nothing, 20 to nothing, they're not going to come back and shut out or shut down Kansas City and hold them to three or something in the second half and then rip off 27 points again. That's the only point I was making. I'm with you. I think they got a chance to hang in the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't ever say they can't come back because the Chiefs have done it. They, they've given up big leads before. So to me, I won't say never, but it's very unlikely that the, the Jaguars would win that way. But they've done it multiple times this year. So it's they're able to do it. It's capable of them to do it. But a lot of things would have to happen. A lot of, a lot of circumstances would have to go their way. For it to happen and that's just how comebacks normally happen right and trevor lawrence i think is a capable enough quarterback i think they got plenty of weapons to be able to do it it's more going to be a question about whether they can slow down mahomes or not and to me they've got the the defensive line to pressure him enough they've got josh allen 
and they've got the their first round draft pick Walker or Walkner or whatever is Travion Walkner or whatever his name is. Those two are really good tandem together. They've got a stout enough defense to stop the run when the Chiefs are going to try to run the clock down. And to me, I, I think they actually, when you look at the Jags, they are a poor man's Bengals. If you look at them holistically from last year, they're a poor man's Bengals. Good analogy. They, they really are. Look at, look, just look poor at the stats. Poor man's Bengals. I like that. They've got a really good quarterback time to time. Our, our quarterback, I feel like, is more on it. Yep. They've got a trio of weapons with Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, and Zay Jones. I think those are all poor man's Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. And they've got a really, really poor man's. Really poor man's. And they've got a really young, good running back, Travis Etienne. I think that would be Excellent a poor man's. Player. Joe Mixon. And then you look at their defense. They don't really have a great secondary, but they've got the the guys, the front seven. And they don't have like a DJ reader, but they're stout. You just look at the stats. They and they're really stout in the run game. So to me, I I won't say that they can't do it, but Jags money line from Casey McAllister, right? There. I, I really like I really like the Jags. You're, I haven't you you're you're cheerleading, Casey. No, I'm not cheerleading. You don't really believe the Jaguars are going to go. I like them Can they? Of course they can. You don't really believe that they are going to go into Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, you don't really believe they're going to Kansas City and winning that game. No, I I like them to cover for sure. All right. Um, What is it right now? Right now it's 44% of the bets are on the Jags, but 89% of the money is on the Jags. It'll but, be the sixth time Patrick Mahomes is favored by more than a touchdown in a playoff game. The Chiefs are 4-1 and one overall and 3-2 and two against the spread in the last five. And something that's really telling is that they have the total of the game at 52.5. So they think the Jags can score at least. Or they think the Chiefs can score. Or it's 49-7. Ah, oh, come on. They're not going to... They're not going to blow out the Jags. Uh, Jay Morrison, by the way, uh, from The Athletic, who joined us last week. He is the only member of the Athletics football staff where they – there's nine of them, I think um, – where they make their pick, and they're making it with the spread. He is the only one to pick the Jaguars. To win or to cover? To cover. Paul, your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to win by a million. I think the Chiefs win this running away. I think this is a game that you can turn off at halftime. Then again, I said that against the Dolphins and the Bills last week. But I, I, the, the one thing about this game, though, that's intriguing to me is that it's, it's on Saturday at 4.30. So the Bengals are going to have an idea. If the Jaguars did do something stupid and win this game, the Bengals would know on Sunday. It's not like this game – it's not like the Chiefs game is after the Bengals game. Yep. And the Bengals would land back in Cincinnati and they'd see the score in the third quarter and go, oh, you know, are the Jaguars going to pull this off? They'd know on Saturday. Oh, if we win – if we win tomorrow, we play at home next weekend to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and to me, the, the one thing that I like about the Jags is the argument of, what have you done for me lately? And what they've done for you lately is gone eight and two or eight and three 
to finish the season or to well they finished i think i think they've won seven of their last eight if i'm not mistaken right and to me but, uh, let's you consider, would rather be hot but, than... but, but in all fairness now let's consider the competition okay mm-hmm. they were playing against divisional teams in four three of those games and their divisions off but Nobody and his brother uh, thought they would beat the Chargers, or at least a lot of people didn't. And even fewer people thought they were going to beat the Chargers when they fell behind 27 to nothing. And they did. And I really like Peterson. I think he's an, I just think he's an excellent coach for the life of me. And look, it's, it's turned out to be just fine in Philadelphia. But the guy won a Super Bowl there, and I just couldn't believe they pulled the trigger on him and cut him loose. Can, can I push back just a second on the, the Chiefs? Jack's game for a second because they played each other. Yes, I just now did. looked at it. They played each other and it was a 27-17 game and it wasn't close. The the score is misleading. They were the Chiefs were up early on them and then they came back and scored late. But correct me if I'm wrong but, here because I was having this conversation with our son today Luke about this game. All right? Mm-hmm. The first time they played, look it up because okay. he told me this on the phone as I was driving in. I think the Chiefs turned the ball over three times in the game, which allowed Jacksonville to then, as you just pointed out, make it a closer game than it actually was. I think Mahomes, he said, yeah, they did. rare for him, throw two, three picks in a game, something like that. Mahomes threw one interception, and then they had two fumbles. Yeah, so they and... turned it over three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I, I get that. But you look at the rest of the Jags' schedule, and I know they played their their division again, but they beat the Ravens. They beat... Without Lamar. They beat... No, that was with Lamar. Oh, okay. All right. That was with Lamar. And then they beat the Cowboys. Yeah, they did beat the Cowboys. That was that crazy 40-to-something game. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, those are two really good barometers of measurement. They are. I can't argue with you on that. So, to me, I... Maybe the Chiefs' offense is too much for them to handle, but I I do like them to at least be competitive and potentially cover in this game. I won't go out on a limb and say that they'll win it, um, but I do think that it will be a lot closer than people are saying. The best example I can give right now is everyone said Miami and Buffalo was going to be a blowout. And this is a two teams that are – it's not even the same circumstance. It's it's the Jags with a competent quarterback back there. Their offense is healthy. Their defense is healthy. I don't see why everyone thinks it's going to be a blowout, but that's just me. Okay. What? Okay. Okay. Let's establish this now, then, so that we don't backtrack ourselves on Monday. Is twenty-seven to fourteen a blowout? Like, are you going to say if, if in the divisional round of the playoffs, twenty-seven to fourteen is a blowout? Yeah, like if we're sitting here on Monday and we're like, ah, oh, well, you know, a touchdown, the, a touchdown is if what they I cover, expect. if they cover, that you, okay, you think the Jags are going to cover? Yeah. All right. All right. That's fair. And like right now, Betfred has it at nine. Okay. And I still, yeah, I think they cover. I think they get it within a touchdown. Now, if it's or four points, if it stays at nine and the Chiefs cover, is that a blowout? Uh, I will I will say it's a, a blowout in my book. Okay. Just, All right. to, so, just to be on brand. Okay. All right. Okay. That's fine. 
Let's get Jags it. got a good team. I mean, not going to take anything away from them, especially after a terrible start to this season. Nobody gave them a chance to get in the playoffs. I think they were two and four or two and six, something like that. And uh, and they got in. They won their division. Bad division, albeit, but somebody's got to win the division. That's the way it stacks up. We have our picks tomorrow. All right, now we move to the second game on Saturday. That will be a night game. And that will be the New York football Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. We talked earlier. um, The big concern here for the Eagles is the health of the starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts. He's only played in one game since he got injured back in early December. And that was the aforementioned Week 18 game against these Giants. They just got him on the field. He was clearly not at 100%. He's had now two weeks to get healed up. When Hurts was healthy and they played the Giants early in the year, the Eagles massacred the Giants, put 48 points on them. Now, in fairness, it wasn't the same Daniel Jones back then for the G-Men. You're a guy, Paul. Danny Dimes. You're a guy. Daniel Jones. I mean, he's been on a roll, right? And the one thing Jones does do, arguably better than any quarterback in the NFL, is he takes care of the ball. He's thrown five interceptions the entire year. He's only thrown one in his last seven games. And the Giants can run the ball. Saquon Barkley and Danny Dimes. All right, Paul, your thoughts. We'll start with you this go-round. Giants v. Eagles for the first time in the postseason, third time overall this year. Look, we talk about these teams that play each other a lot and what can they do when they finally see each other again. I'm not going to say that the Giants are going to win this game, but I think seven and a half, uh, seven and a half in this game, my guy. Now, this is where I sometimes have to separate, again, the the joke from what I'm, I'm actually going to think on this game. I do like Daniel Don. Whoa. I just called him by his nickname. I was I was going with a real name, though. I do like Daniel Jones better than I think uh, a lot of people do, but I'm not going to sit here and say that he's going to beat the Eagles in prime time uh, in Philadelphia. Philadelphia's had a lot of mojo this year. Uh, when you, you look back to baseball, you look at what everything's done with football. I mean, everything's been rolling Philadelphia's way. I know they didn't win the World Series, but every, every a lot of things have been breaking Philadelphia's way this year. Um, I do think the Eagles win and cover this game. As much as I would like Danny Dimes to, to have himself a night, uh, I would like it even more if it got under a touchdown, but I, I still think that this is the Eagles' chance to really prove themselves after everybody's, well, you know, what are they? They, you know, they get the bye. What are they? This is what they are. I think, well, I think it, they win this by 8 or 10. Look, I mean, look, I, wouldn't you really like to know how healthy Hurts is? That's true. And I mean, I, I you know, we're not going to find out. Uh, they're not going to come out and, and, and tell us ahead of time, uh, whether it's a coach or whether it's Hurts, going to come out and say, well, we think he's at 75%. We're not going to know that until they get on the field. Um, and, and, and I got to tell you, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but they asked the Giants defensive coordinator about the run game of Philadelphia. And he pretty much, you know, just said, hey, they got no home run hitters over there. When Philly has been at its best in their recent playoff games over the last number of years, you've got a bunch of guys that come out of nowhere and have monster games running the football. 
Now, whether that happens this week against the Giants, I don't know. Casey, your thoughts. Giants v. Eagles. Yeah, um, I actually, I'm just looking at this really quickly. The Giants' defensive front seven is really good. Really, really good. And they got blown out of the water against the Eagles. Yep. And they were ran all over the place. They, they, they just got bullied. Now, here, there is a few circumstances here that might change this game. One, Lane Johnson is not playing. Um, he's hurt. And the fact that Jalen Hurts, we don't know the status of his injury. It could be that it's still lingering. And my guess is that it is. He had a 300-pound man land on his shoulder. So I naturally, I'm going to assume that he's still got a lingering problem there. In order for the Giants to even have a chance in this game, Kavion Thibodeau is going to have to ball out. And in the playoffs, I mean, he, he did he did decently. I don't think he was the main sole reason why they won the game. I thought it was more against the, uh, the Vikings. I thought it was more because of Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. They were able to get after Kirk Cousins and make him uncomfortable. This is going to be a really tough uphill battle for the Giants. I mean... Got to tell you, though, Lane Johnson's a, bi a big a big hit for Philly. It seems it like is. the guy's always hurt when they need him. I hate to say it because he's a good dude uh, and he cares. Passionate guy. Been a really good player in this league for a long time, but he is hurt all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the difference to me. I mean, the, the, the Eagles cannot afford to go down early in this game, in my opinion. This, is, this feels like a trap game for them. They've had a weak rest. A lot of the, the number one seeds in the recent memory have done really poorly after their bye week. And this, to me, is no different. This is against a divisional opponent. Both of them are going to be going at and after each other. I, what, I will say this. I don't think the Giants win. The line is at, what, 7.5? I believe it's at 7.5 right now. It might be 8. I think if they want any chance of covering, like I said, Tidabo is going to have to just be a monster and a bully, bully that right side, right? That Lane Johnson's right tackle, I believe. So, yeah, that, that's my that's my take on the game. I I just don't see how the Eagles can lose, though. I mean, they, their interior is able to neutralize Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. Those two are really good players, but. Kelsey and um, the other, I can't remember his name right now, but the, the one of the Eagles' other really, really good offensive linemen, they just seem to do really well, and they're able to get a lot of push, able to run the ball, and I think that plays into the Eagles' strengths. So, Well, um, Kelsey, you know, by the way, you mentioned his name, and his brother obviously gets all the pub. They both grew up in Cleveland. Obviously, both went to the University of Cincinnati. But <clears throat> what a career Kelsey has had in Philadelphia. I mean, he has been a great player. Pro bowler again this year for a long, long time. He's seen the good and the bad. He is, without question, the biggest leader that the Eagles have on that team. And I'm with you. I, I, I just think that – but again, I mean, I keep saying I, I think Philly's going to win. Um 
But the quarterback's got to be healthy. And you could say that with every team. But Hurts' style of play, you know, can he throw the ball down the field? Um, can he run? Can he take a hit? Um, that's a big, big, big deal. All right. Bengals v. Bills. Now, if you look at it objectively, and there's no chance that Casey will do that, we preface all of that by saying it, and we love Casey for it. Both teams are coming off games they could have easily lost in the opening round of the playoffs, right? I mean, the miracle play by Hubbard with help from Pratt and Wilson. Ravens were going in for the go-ahead score there in the fourth quarter. Bengals easily could have lost that game. Buffalo, right? You get Josh Allen. He throws two picks. He fumbles three times in the game. One of those fumbles was run in for a touchdown by Miami. Miami starting a third-string quarterback. Buffalo could have easily lost that game. But the bottom line is, and all that matters, of course, they both won. You come into this game, and if you start to go, you know, Defensive line, match them up. Offensive line, match them up. We go right down the list. We can, we will tomorrow in every category there is. One area outside of one team just turning the ball over a bunch of times and it turns into a disaster for one team or the other, right? Burrow throws three picks. Allen fumbles twice, throws two picks. Outside of something like happening, and for Burrow, that would be a bigger stretch, clearly, than Allen, who has been very sloppy with the football all year long. And we've talked about it on this show all year long. He is very sloppy with the ball at times. But when he's on his game, arguably the best guy in the league. The red zone is an area where, in my book, you guys may disagree. In my book, if you take the turnover factor, and we've talked about this statistically, Week in and week out, year after year after year. If you only look at the turnover battle, just those numbers inside of an NFL game, you can decide who the winner is just by looking at which team turned it over the least. So we're going to take that part of it out. Red zone is where the Bengals, both on offense and on defense, are as good as it gets. Doesn't have to be if the Bills get in the red zone four times, and they're probably going to get in the red zone four times, they'll move the ball up and down the field. If they get in the red zone four times, you got to hold them to two touchdowns. Bengals get in the red zone four times, you got to get minimum three touchdowns playing on the road. To me, that's a difference in the game. And, of course, can they protect Burrow? So where are we at on the protecting Burrow thing? Are we – from like last year with the Titans, nine sacks, they still win the game. Where are we with that? What's the state of the union on protecting Joe Burrow? Well, I think that it clearly has been, we all agree that Burrow's had another year as a starter in the league. He's played every game, started every game the entire year. Um, there were times this year where his offensive line did not play well. We know that they got to the Super Bowl with a far less than even average offensive line. Burrow is able to recognize things better. He's better uh, understanding of getting rid of the ball quickly, who it needs to go to, looking at how they're setting up on defense, what's the scheme on a given play. So I think he is even better prepared than he was this time a year ago. But let's be honest about it. He gets dropped seven, eight, nine times. You got no chance. None. 
I agree with that. I think in games this year where he has been sacked four times or more, they've lost every one of them. Yeah. Cleveland. Dallas. Dallas, Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, I agree with you, Tom. I, I think it's going to come down to if they can protect Joe Burrow, but I think the way that they do that is they got to establish a run. They got to yep. they got to be balanced as you can and they got to have a quick game. And the long developing stuff, I th- I you know, honestly, they got to go back to what they were really good at last year. And that's you know, 1 2 3 st- steps and you just let it rip you know if you're doing a fade a slant uh, an out you know just you gotta let your guys make plays i think the Bengals have the weapons to do that um i think that they can establish a run i think especially with jackson carmen i mean we all complain about him pass blocking but if you watch him in the run game he is way better and i mean he just drives people out he digs them out um He's a big, strong man now. Yeah, he's, he's an big. athlete. There's no doubt about it. I mean, look, he has earned his share of criticism in his town in just two years. He's earned every piece of it. But there clearly is an upside there, and I love the fact that they thought way ahead of time. This is, I mean, this is, to me, this is what coaching at the end of the day is all about. When Jonah Williams was hurt the first time this year, I think back in week nine or week ten, Ever since then, as I pointed out in the monologue, Carmen has been getting reps at left tackle every day in practice ever since. Yeah, and I was gonna I was gonna mention that as well. I mean, that's also his natural position in college. Yep. I mean, it, I do now see where the Bengals' headspace is at. Now knowing that information, I feel much more comfortable with their decision. You know, we've seen a lot of his play at guard, which is a lot different. And if you listen to – I'm going to give pub to Cincinnati Bengals talk. He's on the show all the time, James Rapine. He does these interviews with the players in the locker room. And he talks to Jackson Carmen, and he talks about the difference between guard and tackle and how much it's made an impact in developing him. It's a lot quicker in the guard position. You gotta have your hands up. You gotta be low. And at the tackle spot, you have a little bit more leeway. You gotta be a little bit more. What's the word I'm trying to look for? Well, I think you gotta be more more athletic. More athletic, but in the guard spot, everything happens much faster than at the tackle spot. So for him, I think I think the transition to left tackle. Won't be as big of a deal as we all think it will be. I think that if the Bengals go into this game and they they have to give him a little help, I, I won't say that they can just leave him on an island. Right. But if they mix it, if they just do a perfect game plan, which this Bengals staff as of late has been doing a really good job with, I think, I think the Bengals have a really decent chance. I really do. And... The fact that the Bills' defensive front has been not very good at getting to the quarterback. 27th. As the they 27th. were fourth in the NFL in quarterback pressures when they had Von Miller. Fourth in the league. Since then, they have been 27th in the league. Yeah, and I think that helps a lot. I, I really don't think that this game is 
being looked at fairly, in my opinion, either. I mean, everyone so far thinks Saturday is just going to be a blowout fest. Why even watch the games? But to me, I mean, I think this is as close of two teams, and I know both of them are injured. You mean but, Sunday? Sorry, Sunday. No, I, that, I'm yeah, not trying to correct right. you. I'm no, just no, no, making no, sure we're right. talking about the right. same game. You're right, but the, the the early slate games. Yeah, yeah, okay. The early slate AFC sure. games yeah. are, are both supposed to be blowouts, but in my yeah. opinion, I don't see that. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. And the one factor in this whole thing, and this is more of a gut thing for me, but Josh Allen is going to make a mistake. I I just know he will. He'll make he'll make a mistake that yep. he regrets, and it's going to be another Bengals defensive win for us. It's well, you have to we... count on him making a mistake. You have to count on it. I think. It, it, look, if Josh Allen does not turn the ball over in the game one time, this is a Buffalo win, mark it down. It's a win. They're going to win the game. Yeah, I'll... And maybe one is the difference in the game. Maybe he has two or three. I won't. I mean, put it on the ground five times last week. Five. Yeah. And they still won. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I won't go as far as to say that it has to be Josh Allen. I'm just going to say the team in general, if they give up one turnover at all, I think that really looks good for the Bengals. But the Bengals, in turn, the opposite side, they got to take care of the ball. And that requires them to have a decent run game. You can't drop back 40-plus times this game. You just can't. And, and a lot of people in the chat are pointing out, and I agree with them wholeheartedly. In fact, I've agreed with them wholeheartedly since he got the chance to play regularly. I would like to see P. Ryan more in the run game. I agree. I mean, I think Mixon's been one heck of a player here for a long time, and he's still one heck of a player. But there's just something about the attitude of this offense that we saw when P. Ryan was getting the majority, if not all, of the carries in the backfield. There's just something about him that they bring more of a smash-mouth football kind of a team. And I think you need some of that in this game. Doesn't have to be the whole game. But setting a tone early that, yeah, we're playing in your place. You might be the big bad, as they were referred to yesterday, the Buffaloes. Um, but, but, but you gotta, you gotta punch him in the mouth early on. And the only way to punch him in the mouth and look, maybe Mixon runs for 210 yards. I have no idea, but I would like to see P Ryan in the run game a little bit more. Paul, your thoughts on the game. Yeah, I'm with you on the P Ryan thing. I, I think we saw a big enough sample size with P Ryan that you could, it, maybe if you don't want to make him the exclusive featured back, I, I, I guess. All right. That's why you have Mixon, but man. For as well as P. Ryan played earlier in the season, I know Mixon had that one game against Carolina, but outside of that, I think we, again, have had a big enough sample size that you should throw P. Ryan back there and give him what you can. Uh, I, I still am just very wary of, of counting on a turnover. I think you said it best, Tom, where you said you have to count on a turnover to win the game. But I just hate counting on turnovers in general because they're not something that you can control. Yep. I like being able to win a game through things that you can control, and you can't control Josh Allen throwing an interception. I mean, sure, okay, you could sit there and say, well, you position your guys. But you're not, you can't control whether Josh Allen's going to fumble the ball or whether he's going to throw an interception. You have to create those things, sure, but it's tough for me to sit here and say that if – 
it's tough for me to sit here and feel very confident about the Bengals if we're saying, well, he has to throw two interceptions for the Bengals to have a chance. That just seems that just seems like you're putting yourself in a bad spot. I do think that the Bengals have a very legitimate chance to win the game, and I'm, I'm definitely going to take at least a small flyer on them on the money line, uh, but this is a team that's also covered in, what, eight straight, nine straight weeks? So, talking about the Bengals. I'm talking about the Bengals. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't expect this to be any kind of a blowout. I expect this to be a close game. I, I, I think that even if the Bengals lose this game, I think they'll have a shot to win it in the end. You know, I think that there will be a, uh, an opportunity for the Bengals to win this game. I don't think that this is going to be a 14-point game and the Bengals have a backdoor cover in the fourth quarter. I, I think the Bengals will cover this game, um, not to spoil my picks for tomorrow, but I, I do think the Bengals will cover, and I don't think it's going to be right there on the back end. I mean, I just, you know, I, the, the, the one thing that keeps pop, and again, I still go back to the red zone thing. I think that's where the Bengals have proven offensively and defensively. They're so good. Uh on both sides of the ball in the red zone. I just keep going back and I say to myself, if you start looking at that Buffalo game last week, they turn the ball over. Allen, as we mentioned, two picks, he fumbles three times. Okay? Um, and they still win the game. Yeah. I mean... That, that's unheard of. Now, he didn't lose all three fumbles, but he fumbled three times in the game. Um, that You know, you're right. You can't count on the, on the fumbles, and, and it, I, I just think this is going to be a great game. I did too. Uh, and there's just so much involved in this game. It's even bigger than a football game. Uh, DeMar Hamlin apparently has been at the Bills facility uh, regularly now. Is he walking? Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, you know, he – and, and, and you know they haven't announced it. I will be shocked if they don't introduce Hamlin on the field before that game on Sunday. Wouldn't you be shocked? Yeah, if he's would... walking around and can come to the facility every single day, outside of him just being uncomfortable with being in that position, and maybe he's a young man, that's how he feels. I don't know. But I mean, you know, the, the, the whole big picture of that game and now all of a sudden, if you haven't noticed, fellas, now there are some in the quote-unquote national media that are wondering why this game was not played on a neutral field. Now, I disagree with that wholeheartedly because it's apples to apples. They played the same number of games. Buffalo lost three. The Bengals lost four. But, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, wait a minute now. You know, why isn't this game being played on a neutral field? The bottom line is it's not. And... Um, this has got a chance to be a great game. I think the Chiefs and the Bengals definitely should have at least had the option to be played, whether it's a coin flip or something else, should have had the option to be played on a neutral field. But, yeah, Buffalo deserves this this home field. Yeah. All right, we got a ton watching. We're going to take a break, and then we'll come back and have our last game. Uh, another one. It looks like it could be a phenomenal game. That being the Dallas Cowboys at the hottest team in all of football, winners of 11 in a row. The San Francisco 49ers out in California. We're back with more. Off the bench, is it Ham and Egger time? It is. It's Ham and Egger Gentlemen, time. Ham and Eggers. Zim coming it's up. that type of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. Wait. Well, 
Ooh. Just a quick brush. Uh, all right, so what do we have going on today, Casey? We have before, there's a couple of things to get to. Uh, again, the Discord. I'll put the Discord. I haven't had the Discord in the chat. I'll put the Discord in the chat. I'll put that link in there and pin that one up there. I uh, haven't done that in the last couple of days. Make sure you subscribe to the show and like the video. We've gotten a lot of traction on our YouTube channel. Our TikTok has been blowing up lately. Tom's been all over the TikTok. Uh, TikTok's up around 1,200 followers from where we started at around 100 maybe a week ago, week and a half ago. Um, that's had gotten a ton of traction. So subscribe to the channel. Get to TikTok. Um, bet with Bedfred Sportsbook. Drink Pony Water. All that good stuff. Um Oh, you got your pony water out there. I got my I got my pony water right here. The Discord has been posting winners. Casey, you've been posting winners. I just put in the Discord your screenshot from last night up eleven units. So Casey is up thirty-four units in the last two days betting. One buffalo. Thirty-four units in the last two days. And there is now we have now entered into the discussion of whether you're gonna go to Buffalo on Sunday. So the I'll just let you know. I've been I've been messaging my boy, my guy, Thomas. Your plug. We're looking at tickets right now. Let's go! Oh, you are okay. We're looking at tickets right now. Nice. Okay. So we're we're planning on going, huh? What what time are you gonna be there? Oh, we're we're leaving. We're going Saturday. You're leaving Saturday. I don't know if we're gonna leave Saturday. We might leave Sunday morning. Just go straight to the game. Go straight to the game and then drive back? We haven't back? decided yet. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right 12 back. hours of driving in one day plus the game? Go Saturday. Yikes. Go Saturday. Well, and then he's got to figure out somewhere to stay. Stay an hour away for 100 Sleep in the car. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I think the plan is for us to go Sunday. Um, that's just the cheapest thing that we can do. And uh, tickets aren't fun. Tickets aren't outrageous. No, no I'm, not. I'm not going, but tickets aren't outrageous. Yeah, they're only like uh, 170 bucks for the, 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 like, the lower bolt. Yeah. Like in the end zone, which at a Bengals game, last, this last Bengals game, it was probably like 400, 500 bucks. Yeah, for, for the equivalent ticket. Yeah, I paid, I paid two, I paid like 210 before fees, and I sat right underneath the score, the big scoreboard on the, under the, the end zone. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised. I was legitimately just like, wow, that, that's surprising to me how cheap the ticket was. So, I mean, this we couldn't pass this up. I mean, this is a, going to be a big game. Sure. Top three quarterbacks going at it in the playoffs. Uh, Reed's Buffalo parlay did not hit, but Reed has two more chances. Reed could try today or tomorrow. We're, yeah, we're probably, can't keep... go, probably can't try Buffalo parlay on Saturday. Maybe you can make up the difference in It's basketball. You probably could, if I'm not, if I'm being honest, you probably could. We're gonna keep trying. We're gonna post the Buffalo parlay tonight. We're gonna have something cooked up for you guys. And um, in terms of my 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 picks and betting, I I'm still superstitious. I need a little bit more time before I post mine. Superstitious. No, I'm just kidding. It's not I'll superstition. Post. It's confidence, Casey, and you're winning. <clears throat> Be confident I, in your picks. You're up 33 units in two days. Did I hear while I was out that, Casey, you're officially going now? Yes. We're looking well, at tickets right now. Oh. Well, so you don't have tickets yet. We Well, there's plenty available. Okay, We're just but choosing you which ones are to going for sure. Yes. You and Alex, I assume? Me and Thomas. No Alex. No Alex. Uh-oh. Trouble 
extra. Well, that's a Tracy topic today for sure. All right, let's get to the um, Giants v. 49ers. The Niners are down to a third-string quarterback who has not lost a game. Now, in fairness, did a little uh, reading earlier today, okay? Uh, Brock Purdy has played against some really bad defenses. Seattle, two times. The Raiders, Arizona, Miami. The only defense he has played this season that ranked higher than 12th in points allowed per game since taking over the Washington Football Wizards. Seattle, the Raiders, Arizona, and Miami were all 24th or below. Now, you can't criticize a guy who is on the schedule. I mean, Purdy took over, third-string guy. I don't know how many teams out there would have a third-string guy come in, go undefeated, average 37 points per game, I think, since he's taken over. Casey, are you a believer now in Brock Purdy? Yay or nay? Ooh, this is going to be his toughest test. Um, I mean, I, you know what? I do think that he should be, next year, the starting quarterback for the 49ers. I really do think that. I think he's proved that enough. But we will really know for sure because there's one thing that, that I do believe in, and I do believe in Micah Parsons in that pass rush with Demarcus Lawrence and that Cowboys defense. That defense looked legit. And I know it was against Tom Brady, and he didn't, he's not done well all year. But that could have been the spark that they needed to get their butt in gear. And this is going to be a rookie quarterback. Uh, stakes are a bit higher now. We'll see. I mean, the, the key to me is for the Cowboys to get up early and for the 49ers to make one mistake. And then it's a, that's the perfect position for the Cowboys. Now, Dak Prescott played the best game, arguably, he's played all year long. Last week against Tampa Bay on Monday night. Threw four touchdowns, ran for another, did not turn the ball over. It's the first time since November that Prescott has played in a game where he did not throw an interception. I'm telling you, I know there's pressure on every team, and we talked about this the other day with Vox Lombardi. The pressure on Dak Prescott and Dallas is it, it, it's indescribable. You can't even live in Cincinnati and understand it. You have to go spend some time down there in Dallas to see what that is like, to hear what it's like. It is nonstop, 24-7. The Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Cowboys. Can Dak win a playoff game? He's won playoff games. Can he win and get you to a championship game? He's got him to a championship game. Can he get him to a Super Bowl? He's never done it before. Paul, does he beat the 49ers? In Santa Clara this weekend. I don't think so. I think the 49ers get this done. I think they get back to the NFC Championship game. I really do. I think that Brock Purdy has it going. I think the 49ers fans, for as much as we talk about the Cowboys fans, I think this is a 49ers fan base that is going to be electric yep. at home. I think this is going to be a very fun game. There's a reason that this is the primetime game on Sunday. Give me Brock Purdy. Give me the 49ers. I think they get it done over the Cowboys 
and uh, you know what? No, I'm just going to say that they're going to win. I think the the 49ers are going to blow them out of the gym. Well, you said it, Tom. (laughs) I I just, I, I sit there and I watch San Francisco play. And you can say, as I just pointed out, the competition lately hasn't been that great. They have won 11 in a row. And, and I mean, Christian McCaffrey, he, he, he was always a really good player at times in Carolina, a great player, no doubt. I mean, this guy looks like an entirely different cat to me, man, than any other running back outside of Barkley playing in the playoffs. He has just been unbelievable to watch. Pass game, that. run game, both. Yeah, this 49ers team, to me, is the favorite in the NFC. I, I have them going to the Super Bowl um, when we did our stuff uh, with, with Brittany last Friday. And that's not going to change for me. I do think that they win this game. But this is going to be, to me, their toughest game, even if the Eagles win. I don't think that I, – I think the Cowboys match up a lot better – than the Eagles do because just simply because of Micah Parsons. I mean, that is a game changer at the edge position. And right now the 49ers are, are hurt on the defensive line and the Cowboys, their offensive line is, as we all know, has been very, very good as of late. I don't know. I mean, this is a game where some things can happen for the Cowboys. Just, one thing here and there, and then we're looking at a completely different ball game, and you know how I feel. I already said it. 49ers are probably going to win this game, but I'm not going to count out the Cowboys. All right. I, I, I just can't I can't say any team is going to get blown out at this point in the, in the playoffs. Okay. And all these teams are good in some shape or form. Yes. Well, there's no doubt. All right. So we've done our best here to try to give you a few things to think about for the games coming up. Um, obviously, we're going to spend most of the day tomorrow talking about the Bengals and the Bills, rightfully so. Hopefully, we can get our buddy Reuben Brown back on tomorrow. like to hear his perspective on, on the feeling up there in Buffalo. Uh, former great offensive lineman. He's been on the program twice so far this year. He joined us before the Bills and Bengals played on that Monday night here, and we know what happened there. Cardiac arrest on the field. Suffered by DeMar Hamlin, and the game uh, was stopped and never made up. And now they get a chance to play in Buffalo on Sunday afternoon. Is our man Zim Hude in the house? He is not in yet. All right. Trying to read some of our uh, comments here in the chat. Emperor says, Casey carrying the show today in his beard. Somebody suggested you're starting to go with a mullet. Is that right or wrong? Oh, I'm come on, do the mullet. mullet. You can do it now before the wedding. You can do the mullet now. Yeah, that'd be a really good look one day for the pictures in the well, wedding no, I'm saying with a he can, mullet. He can do it and then cut it before the wedding and you look fine because you get a haircut, you know what, two, three weeks before a wedding? You can get, uh, yeah, don't, don't go back to where you got your head shaved back in November or so. I went back and watched the clip. I watched the ex-professional clip like two nights ago. Casey, you looked... Without a beard and with your hair buzzed, you, you look like a different human being. <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer to, to have either a beard or some stubble. Um, I feel like I look like a child without it. And then uh, the hair, you know, relatable. 
relatable. Which, by the way, it's looking good. I love it. Uh, it's tired. Keep, no. It's got to grow. Oh, which, keep it coming. Which, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never mind. And we're forgetting our main man, the 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 host of the show. You look really good. You look like George Clooney with the beard. George Clooney. Yeah. I look more like Nick Clooney. Because I'm closer oh. to his age. Oh. You ever met George Clooney? I have not. I've been around Nick Clooney many, many times. Never met George. I'm sure he and I get along beautifully. I have no doubt. Uh, I love his work. And, and I love the things that people say about him uh, as far as people that work with him. You know, he was doing all those Ocean Eleven movies, you know, oh, the whole thing. Oh, one of my favorites. Um, all those guys, and there are a lot of big-time stars in those movies. And I, I normally don't give 10 seconds of, of, of my time to anything that has to do with the entertainment world. I mean, if you were to throw out a bunch of actors or actresses names, I, I wouldn't know who three quarters of them are. But I do like when I read the guys like Brad Pitt, uh, and, and there were a host of others, Al Pacino and many, many others talked about uh, Andy Garcia talking about what it's like to work with Clooney and how he's phenomenal. Uh, to everybody, not just the stars, but to everybody on the set, no matter what the job it is that they do. And so when Clooney picks up the phone and calls him and asks him about coming back and doing a movie, uh, they can't get there fast enough. And that I'm sure that has a lot to do with his upbringing down in Maysville, Kentucky. You guys ever been to Maysville, Kentucky? Very briefly. I think I've driven it's a cool little it. town. Yeah. It's like Main Street, small town America, four or five blocks. I remember we used to go there on the Reds. Uh, caravan, and, and they had in the back, it was like something out of Peaky Blinders. They had in the back back there a little bar, a little TB. Big league. Big league. It was nice. Still knows him. Still knows him. He's probably. Oh, my God. Poofy-haired fancy boy. Come on. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. You know, you say come on a lot, but you never deny it. Well, I mean, you look, I mean, we're bringing up adult film stars. If I've met any of them, uh, no, I haven't. So I don't know her. Mm. So come on. Um, that name I didn't know uh, because I made the mistake. The only reason I know that name is because uh, my dad and I were on the radio one day years ago and I was walking around. We were in Los Angeles. I'll never forget this as long as I live. Um, and uh, walking through this outdoor mall, beautiful sunny day in L.A., right there in the middle of Century City, borders on Beverly Hills, and I'm out there walking around during the day, and there's this huge mass group of people that are there for some book signing, and I can see the name up on the, on the board on who it is, and I'm like, oh, we're in L.A., must be some Hollywood starlet. Well... We got in the radio booth later that night. My dad and I are doing a game. I said, hey, did you walk over the mall today? Yeah, some woman named Jenna Jameson. Mm. And my dad looks at me like I have four heads. He's like, you got to be kidding, right? Well, I have no idea what he's talking about. Well, I came to find out right quick. So, Teaching Tom. Teaching Tom. Well, we have a teaching Tom. We do? What is it? We do. Let's go. Roll it, Casey. There's one of those that goes around on the internet. Joe Burrow, Joe Scheist. Joe what? Is that the word? Is that the hip word? I don't even know what to say. What? When a viewer tells me 
that I'm trying to be hip and I'm not as hip as I think I am, that hurts. Okay. All right, Tom. So we're going to learn this one from uh, Twitter, actually. This is not necessarily uh, straight with a definition here, but Stan Van Gundy tweeted yesterday a long tweet about the 80s NBA teams. Kevin Durant, who is very active on Twitter and is honestly hilarious on Twitter, he responds to Stan Van Gundy and says, "Stay spit, Stan spitting. Now, what do you think spitting means, Tom? I am guessing, based on the way you prefaced this, that uh, I am assuming that Kevin Durant is disagreeing with Van Gundy. Okay. Okay? Maybe I'm wrong. So he, when he says spitting, he's spitting out just ridiculous stuff. Okay, that is the complete opposite of what okay. it means. Okay, all right. Okay. And this is why we're teaching all Tom. All right, good. So spitting means... Spitting out the facts. You're speaking facts. So it's like you're spit. He he abbreviated basically. You're spitting facts. He's abbreviated down to spitting. Okay. And then poor Stan Van Gundy had to respond back to Kevin Durant, thinking that Kevin was misinterpreting what he was saying. And then SVG said, "Oh, sorry, I had no idea." <laughs> so there's your teaching, Tom. See, now there we when- go. I like that. Um, you know, and had I not jumped the gun a little bit on um, on interpreting. Um, that he was disagreeing with him, then, then I, I, I would have, the other way, makes perfect sense. So if I'm saying, if I'm hanging out with somebody over the weekend, yeah. right, and, you know, my wife's going out of town this weekend, my son's going on a college visit this weekend, so dad is at home solo. May have a few of the boys over watching a little football and a few beers this weekend. Sure. Right? Yeah. Or a little bit of, uh, you know, who knows what. Um, so if one of them starts to talk about Patrick Mahomes, we're watching, and it's something that's really good info on Patrick Mahomes, yeah. I would say... You'd be like, man, Tim's spitting. Wow. Okay. And you could say spitting straight facts. Yeah, you could say like spitting facts. Like maybe that would... Yeah, but spitting means you're spitting facts, yeah. right? Yeah, you're just truncating it down, yeah. Okay. It's a big word, truncating. Did you learn that at Xavier? Or was that from that private school in Northern Virginia, D.C.? Which was it? <laughs> it was grade school, Tom. <laughs> okay, I'm only kidding you. Um, still waiting on Zim. I mean, I'm going to send him a text right now. I-, I don't know what's going on. There's like an 80% chance he's in a Twitter space right now. <laughs> Let's see if we can get into a Zim Hooday Twitter space, Twitter space right now. Because the Bengals do have a Twitter space. We- we'll put them live on. If he's in. Ace Boogie's in one. He's in one. Is he in one? I don't think he is. I don't okay. see him in oh, one. He's a speaker right now talking football, not so he said Zim Hude is in. Can we get somebody that's on here to get in that Twitter space and tell Zim to come on off the bench? Because that would be funny. That would be really good. <laughs> be really good. I mean, Zim, Zim's just busy right now. He's getting back. We told you he's reinstated recently on Twitter. So he's back with him and Ace Boogie, and they got a lot of stuff going on. We do have Tracy Jones at 1130. Um, waiting to find out what the deal is with, um, yeah, Zim Hude, uh, Sir Boy Wonder, and Starwood say that he is in Twitter space right now. He's working. He's working the fans. Working them up. Need him here. We do need him here. 
Right, right. I don't know why Emperor keeps asking me if I know Chris Sabo. I love Chris Sabo. It's his birthday today. It is. Yes. Wow. I tell you, his daughter does a nice job on the red stuff. Annie. Annie Sabo. She does a really nice job. Love Chris Sabo. Uh, love the guy. Um, he was, you know, I always thought he was a guy that was going to be a major league manager. He was, he was in the minor leagues for a while, coaching. He coached in the college ranks. Most recently, I think it was at the University of Akron. He just left that program, if I'm not mistaken. He was their coach as recently as last season. But I always thought that he would be a guy that one day um, was in the major leagues. Great. You know what's funny? I did not go to the same school as the Obamas, but I would play. That was in the chat. I, that was in the chat. What was What is funny about that, though, is that uh, playing – high school sports you would play so the president's kids generally will go to sidwell friends which is a, a dc area private school when you would play either sidwell friends or like for example i remember one time we were playing baseball uh we had an away game and the obamas the daughters were in a track meet right next to the baseball field well, of course so we had to go we had to do the whole uh the 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 Secret, the Secret Service, and everybody was around the baseball field. It, it is kind of wild when you run into those kinds of situations back in D.C. That sometimes you, I kind of forget about those stories. Big league operator. Yeah, that's not you and me, Casey. No, not at all. Public schools, common men. <laughs> yep. Right. The good old school of Blantucky. <laughs> Never. We're not going down that road. <laughs> Everett my just opinion wants to, of the Obamas we're not going down that road Everett just wants to say politics in all caps well Everett was a guy that stirred it all up yesterday with my dad Harry Potter oh yeah he did what's the guy's name Dumbledore yeah Dumbledore Fumbledore <laughs> Fumbledore Allen <clears throat> uh, AJ says if Zim ever shows up don't let him cut into a second of number 29's airtime that would be the tracer. Just call him. He'll see your call in and be like, oh, okay. Uh, I'm not going to call him. Um, you know, I he and I were texting uh, earlier or last night and again today. Um, and as recently as 10 minutes before the show started, he was all good at 11. Uh, he must be going off on somebody. <laughs> no, don't call him. Um, okay. I, you know, while we got a few minutes and since he's not here, Paul, I want to ask you, sure. uh, does it bother you? And this is shifting gears entirely over to college basketball for a minute. Sure. We saw last Saturday where 11 teams ranked in the top 25 lost, the yeah. most in one day uh, since 2011. Xavier losing last night. Nobody likes to lose. Does it concern you they've been winning? And we talked about this. Oh, wait a minute. Now we have our guy. We're, we're guy. Our guy. I liked where this was oh, going to college. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I, you know, I want to beat him down, but I love him like he's my <laughs> own brother. And that's our man. Look at him. Well, you, you know what? You've been chewing up all of Twitter right now with your man Ace Boogie, haven't you? Been doing a lot of work out here, Tom. It's a lot of work <laughs> to be done. <laughs> they called. They was like, Zim, what are you doing in here? Tom's on the show. Where you? I was like, oh, I forgot. Like, man, I'm telling you, it, it gets heated out here. Everybody wants the Bengals' blood, and here we are. I haven't even talked to you since I got my Twitter back. I know. How did that happen? Give us a lowdown. Man, I called everybody I could. Uh, just kept on appealing and stuff like that, and I, I got some people to get me out of Twitter jail, man. 
I bust uh, it out. Well, I mean, uh, Twitter is better for it having you on there. Uh, look, uh, all the talk, here we are now. Buffalo v. Bengalis. What are your thoughts on this one, Zim? I feel just as good as I did on a Monday night game. I wish it were at Paycor. That's a whole other conversation, of course. Uh, if it were at Paycor, I would unequivocally tell you that this is going to be a Bengals win. There's so many elements to this game, man. I'm going to tell you, Josh Allen is a quarterback that the Bengals just haven't seen. Like anybody telling you any different, harping on his turnovers, that's fine. But if he doesn't turn the ball over, it's a quarterback that, that the Bengals haven't seen. And that is super, super important for people to understand. This game could go either way. I could see a Bengals comfortable win. I could see a Bills comfortable win. Well, not really, because Joe Burrow always brings it back. Um, but, you know, like, I, but more and more often than likely, I see a closer game. Um, I think it looks a lot like how the Chiefs game looked, where Bengals have some early success. Chiefs kind of match it and, and bring themselves back to it. But then ultimately, Burrow and them, you know, like just hang on at the end of it and complete and are efficient at the end of that game. I thought that Ravens game, Burrow was super efficient in that game. And um, the one thing that I've been harping on is that the fact that the Bills play so fast. Bless Excuse you. me. Bless you. Thank you. Bless you. The Bills, the Bills, thank you very much. The Bills play so fast. And what that does is give the opposition possessions. They gave the Dolphins 15 possessions in that game last week. The Dolphins aren't a better team than the Bengals, but they gave them the opportunity to go win the game. The Bills had 16 possessions and put 30, 34 points on the board. If you give Joe Burrow 15 possessions, 14 possessions, 13, like I'm scoring 30-something, 40 points. Like you can't give them that many opportunities. So they have to think about how they want to come and play us. Where are you with, uh, the offensive line. Uh, it's all everybody's talking about back here. They made the decision. It's going to be Jackson Carmen. He's been working out at left tackle, the position he played in high school, the position he played at Clemson in front of Trevor Lawrence in college. Uh, he's been working out since Jonah Williams hurt his knee going all the way back to week 10. Uh, what are your thoughts about him getting the nod out there at left tackle? He looked pretty darn good when I saw him. You know, the one rep that I thought he gave up, I think he thought he had a running back chip in. And then if you look at the depth of Burrow on that drop back, um, it, it it was really far back. And I don't think Jackson Carmen was prepared for that. And Joe Burrow could have probably stepped up earlier, but he didn't. And it's just a communication thing in my mind. I thought for the most part, he looked really good. One thing about Jonah coming out is we were told he was going to be a technician. He's not going to get he's not going to get beat technically or whatever. Okay, so Jonah Williams gives up what 13, 14 sacks this season. And a lot of different times it was just based on fundamentals, footwork, and different things like that. The one thing that I always said that really good quarterbacks do have is a big left tackle that's massive mauling style. And Jackson Carmen is bigger, he's stronger. He looks a lot more like a prototypical left tackle in the National Football League. If you ask me, Jonah Williams is always undersized to me, probably be better at guard in the NFL. That's what it was said out of coming out of college, right? Um, but he he's he's serviceable. I think he's really good. I think he'll probably be back next week, right? And you put him back at left tackle. But moving forward, I thought like the only reason why the Dolphins guy didn't get killed, Skylar Thompson, last week is because he had turned Armstead. Or the reason why the 49ers are still gonna be like pretty good with no matter what quarterback they have is because they have Trent Williams. 
you know how Lyle Collins looks to everybody, he just looks bigger than everybody when you see him? Like, yeah. I almost feel like Joe Burrow just needs that. And when you see Carmen lined up, that's how he looks. Like a big mauling style type, you know, tackle, he whatever. Does. And, he does. And, and, I, and, I, and I think that's a formula for, you know, like what you need. And I don't think that the drop-off is as big as everybody says. I think the drop-off are, are the injuries that people aren't talking about. The one to Micah Hyde uh, is the biggest injury one uh, in this in this whole entire game, and I'm gonna tell you why. The Bengals rarely, rarely get single covers on the outside. The Bills, because Hyde has been gone with a neck injury all season, were forced to play a lot of single high safety looks where they're giving you one on one matchups on the outside. Every single time that the Bengals saw that this year, the Falcons, the Saints, the Panthers. And even bits and pieces of the Jets game, all of those games had the same concepts where teams are giving up these really big plays. That's why I thought the first play of the game in that Bills Monday night game was very telling. That's what it looks like when you don't go two safeties over the top on the outside and make Joe Burrow like grind it out all the way down the field. The Bills don't really have an answer for that. They play more cover three than any team in the National Football League. And I think that's very important that people know that. And if they're going to change up what they do, and play cover two with a brand new safety. Because remember, DeMar Hamlin's not playing. That is a big deal for me. I think that I don't know if they're going to be able to adjust to that. And think about this. The Dolphins scored 31 points last week, and their quarterback only threw for 40%. Tom, did you know that Joe Burrow currently right now is the leading completion percentage in the National Football League's history? Did you also know that Joe Burrow's leading completion percentage in the playoffs history is 69%? This guy doesn't miss. Yep. So if you're telling me you're giving Skylar Thompson 31 points and he only threw for 40%, what do people think that Joe Burrow's going to do to that secondary that's missing more key components than my left tackle who gave up 13, 14 sacks anyway? Um, gosh, I, I just there was some. You know, here, listen, I know you're tight with Mixon. You're already laughing, okay? I know you're tight with Mixon. But I made the comment. A little bit earlier, and I love Mixon. I love what he's done since he put on his uniform here, both on the field and off the field. I love his swagger. He's not afraid to put himself out there. Uh, I am all in on Joe Mixon. I liked the running game. There was something about it that screamed smash-mouth football to me when P. Ryan was carrying the load. Your thoughts on that? I know you're a big mixing guy, so have at it. I thought early in that game, I was surprised that some of those bigger runs, Mixon should have, I thought he should have took off on them and probably gave us like a 20-yard run, and it ended up being like 11-yard runs. And then later on, I just thought, I feel like the Ravens are the second-best run defense in the National Football League, so it's going to look like that sometimes, you know. The P. Ryan thing is in the limited carries that he has had recently, he hasn't really looked that good. I think he had like two carries or three carries for like, three or four yards. So um, I thought when they came out there with the Chiefs, that was a better matchup because the run defense wasn't – it wasn't anything close to what the Ravens or the Bills are. And P. Ryan had a really good game and runs for 100 yards. And then you also keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. I just think it's a it's a week-to-week type of thing. In this one, I'm more – I do want to see a lot of P. Ryan in there and pass protection. I just think the big playability of mixing bouncing runs, you think about it, uh, he ran for 65, what was that, like two weeks ago? And then he yep. had the 40-yard taken away. Remember, it was a holding call? He could have yep. ran for 100 in that game. 
Yeah. So it, it's one of those things is in hindsight, you're always going to say, uh, maybe P Ryan runs that differently, but I kind of trust the coaches on that one. Like for me, it, it would, I wouldn't second guess it. If P Ryan got more carries this game, I wouldn't be disappointed. If Mixon took more of the workload, I, I mean, I mean, it's Joe Mixon. Since 2017, he's one of the leading running backs in the National Football League. So, yeah, that's I, what I, don't I say. Know. I'm not down on Mixon. I'm a big fan of Mixon. I, I, I just don't know. I, I just think from an attitudinal standpoint. And look, Mixon brings the attitude. I'm not suggesting that. Uh, we, we've talked about this already. Now, for the first time all year long, we've been joined in the chat and on the show by a guy who goes by Josh Allen Big Balls. Okay? And he claims... <laughs> Look it up. The best player for the Bengals all year long this season, the referees. They got more penalty first downs than anybody in the league. Now, I'm not looking that up statistically right now. He might be spot on. But, listen, Josh Allen, BB, great to have you with us. Uh, But I tell you what, if you win or if your team loses, please come back in the chat on Monday. Please come back in to the chat on Monday. Okay. Have you heard the stats about Carl Jeffers, the, the referee? And do you know what his record is against the Bengals? I mean, what, what his record is when he's officiating a Bills game? It is. Six and oh. Yeah. And so he's talking about the referee. This is the stuff that makes me crazy. Probably got <laughs> you suspended from Twitter. Stuff like that. Guy talking about the referees and the guy who's a referee in the game. The Bills haven't lost a game. He's been the referee in the game. And we haven't even played the game. Tom, that's just fear. People are like, they build it, you know, like they, they start up with different scenarios in their mind already just to kind of like lighten the load in case they lose. They'll be able to hang on that. That's just fear. This guy's already disappeared. I, Since I called out his name, most of the time we call <laughs> out somebody's name. You know, they, they, they immediately write back. Good, bad, or indifferent. Oh, he says, I'll <laughs> be back. All right, now he says, I'll be back on Monday. There he is. Tom is on a heater, but but I'm just telling you right now, like, that's just fear. Like, there's not a Bengals fan alive that's sitting around thinking about, like, oh, my God, like, what are the, like, what are the bills? Like, the only reason why I know that's that is because people keep on posting me, and they're fearful. They're like, man, this this guy called Jeffers. Have you seen what he looks like every time they go to bed? And I'd be like, so? Like, the guy's got to play the game, and I feel like the bills need more than the refs to win this game. That's how I feel with my quarterback. I, I guess they don't feel the same about Josh Allen. No. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Josh Allen BB is writing about, um, you know, uh, writing about referees instead of writing about uh, Josh Allen. Josh but, Allen you know, is, yeah, is I a mean, you and, you and Casey and Paul are the only homers on this show, Zim. So that's okay. Are you not going to the game in Buffalo? I mean, how, how long of a ride is that for you from the, uh, the elite suburbs outside of D.C.? I think it's only like six hours. And you're not going? I'm not going. Okay. You and know you and me. I have an agreement, right? I mean, you know, I had offered to buy you a ticket for the game last week. You couldn't get into town. Okay. If, as a thanks for you joining us on this show all year long, um, if the Bengals play at home next week in the AFC championship game, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I will have a ticket for you. Okay. All right. I, I think it's a big possibility, man. People got to watch that Jaguars game. I will say you the first time. You don't believe that, Zim. Come on. You don't believe that. 
the last seven games or so, Trevor Lawrence has been on a roll, and he had all the pressure on him. I will say this. The last time that the Jags played the Chiefs, Pat Mahomes was tearing them apart. Yes. Yep. But it is what it is. I think we're Bills and Bengals fans can combine and cheer for the Jaguars on Saturday, and we'll see how it goes. If, whether it's at Paycor or not, I like my chances if I get past. So I like my chances now. I thought the Ravens posed a bigger threat as far as the coverages that I talked about. And But I'm telling you right now, everybody that's listening, the possessions. If the Bills play that style of football, like gun, 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 throw the ball, throw the ball, you're just going to give me the ball, 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 and Joe Burrow's going to cook, cook, cook. Some Ravens fan joined the chat and says, how did my YouTube bring me to this channel? I was looking at beautiful Ravens news, and then it went off and switched to this garbage. Can what I tell them why? fans just can't let it go. I mean, yeah. Can, it, I, tell them, can I tell them why? I, of course. I, 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 I can tell you why. The, uh, the Bengals packed you up two times in a, in a week, right? And then we sent you to Cabo, and now that you're sitting there in the sand with, you know, like in the beach with sand all in your feet, Mr. Ravens guy, we call them purple people online because they, they just move different anyway. But this purple person right here now doesn't have the decency to come back and thank me and you for giving you a first-class ticket to, to all-season and mock drafts. The one thing that I want to make sure that this guy does <laughs> is when you bring out your mock draft board, make sure you mock a quarterback in the first round. There you go. You got that right. You got that right. Because Lamar is D-U-N in Baltimore. All right, Zim. I know you're in savage mode already. I don't know how you're going to contain yourself from now until Sunday at 3 o'clock. I'm focused. I'm focused, man. The job is, you know, we got a lot. You just laid it out. We got a game to go to next week. We, it's a lot of different things. I got to pick out an outfit. All these things, you know what I'm saying? We got a pick lot of now different Now you sound to... like Joe Burrow. You got to pick up an outfit. <laughs> we got to right. pick out a fit. You know, we got to make sure we're good next week at Paycor. You know, it, it's a lot of things that we got to worry about, though. But all okay. jokes aside, though, this is, I think this is going to be an awesome game. I think maybe 27-24 mode, good offensive shootout at points. There are going to be some defensive plays made, too. I think it's going to be an exciting game. It could go either way, honestly. All right. Zim, we always, uh, it's always great seeing you. Have a great weekend. You and I will be going back and forth over the weekend, texting about the game and what's happening. So, um, you know, I caught your act a little bit on the live stream last Sunday. I'll be dialed in again this week. So you have a good day and, and get the Bengalis that win. Hold on, I got a big, I got a big one tonight. If anybody's watching this, I got an interview tonight with Zach Carter, defense alignment for the nice. Bengals, seven seven thirty Winston Pod. So, if you want to know about some trenches and stuff like that, I thought Zach Carter had a real good game against the Ravens. So make sure you guys follow me at Zim Hude or Winston Pie on Twitter. We're going to have a good show tonight with Zach Carter, and we're going to get a little bit of information on what we're going to look like up front on the defensive side. Zach uh, Carter had an excellent game last week. There's no doubt. He's become much more of a force along with Osai and some of those young players along the defensive line when the team is needed the most. All right, Zim. Take care of yourself. God bless, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you, Tom. That's our guy. That's our guy. Zim. Oh, boy. Uh, we got lots to talk about with uh, the Tracer. We got lots to talk about. Tracy Jones joining us from his palatial estate, uh, which, you know, we have not gotten an update, Tracy. We did not get an update the other day. Uh, where does the garage door stand situation getting into uh, your, your um, luxury condo building there? 
Let me just comment on that previous guest before me. I really like that guy. Love what the guy. Position does, what position does he play? What position? I'm not familiar with that name. What position does he play? Broadcaster. YouTube and Twitter sensation. He's the man. Oh. Jim Hudek. Oh, he's one of those guys that use the old we, right? I thought he was a player. He shouldn't use that term, we. Just. You know that story, and I know you've heard this story before. But uh, my favorite all-time story about guys using we, I think you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, uh, Back I when know my dad going. started with the Reds, uh, back in 74, uh, he was having a conversation uh, with Jack Billingham. And my dad yep. dropped a we on him. Right. And Billingham looked at him and said, and asked, is we a, a three-letter word? Uh, what was the thing in French, right? That's a three-letter yeah. word in French, right? Because there's right. no we. Right. Marty didn't put on the, uh, the uniform. Of course, him and Billingham are the best of pals now. Right. But um, you know, that Jim's really a man. You can't the... come on a program no, and bad him. He, he's very good. No, he's very good. He does a great job breaking it down. But that really did affect your dad. He doesn't like that we at all. He really no. doesn't. And he will not use that when he's talking about the Reds. Nope. Hey, no, no. I don't know. Let me Let me stop here. Because can you hear the uh, banging upstairs? <laughs> can you hear it? Well, let me tell you, you, you will be. There's some guy upstairs just moved in. He's putting in a new kitchen. Okay. And what's crazy, here's the thing. I, I don't have a problem with that. I do have a little bit of a problem with this guy. Now, try to get this visual. Just moves in. He wears a gi. I've only seen him like seven times. Every time I see him, he's wearing a gi with a black belt. Do you know what a gi is, Tom? No. What is a it's, gi? It's a karate outfit. It's, it's oh, what you okay. Would do well, in maybe he's going to be martial arts. So what? What's the big deal? Well, here's the problem. He wears the black belt, and then he's got like 10 red stripes. So he's like a 10th degree black belt oh boy so i'm looking at this guy he looks a little bit like don knotts you know uh, barney fife he's about nope. 65 pounds he couldn't beat anybody's ass made his money through crypto he was a crypto trader made a, a killing there and then he's like a millennial in his late thir early 30s i would say so here's the catch with that guy walking around his gi with his black belt i asked james our doorman i said james what about Joe? I call him Karate Joe. I really call him J-O. You know, you can't spell Joe without the J-O. <laughs> so I asked, I asked James, I says, James, what about Karate Joe? What's his story? He says, here's the thing, Trace. He's never taken a lesson of karate. Nothing. He's not a karate expert. He's a nothing. He's just faking. He's a poser. It's all about the image, right? So he's walking around like a tough guy with his black belt, with a red stripes through it, and he's never taken karate. Now, do you that, think there's a chance that you might call him out on that one day in the elevator or in the lobby or you know, standing under the broken garage? You know, you know how people gravitate toward me. You yeah. know, I've got that charisma, especially that women. He comes, especially women, and so everybody knows I'm running for president of the HOA. And he says, Trace, I know you don't know me well, but I can I be your sergeant at arms? 
I don't think we need a sergeant at arms at our condo association, do we, Tommy? <laughs> I tell you, I didn't think you used to need a sergeant at arms at uh, uh, you know school board meetings, but you need those now, so right. maybe you need them at the HOA, right? Good point. Okay, here's something else that happened. This place is crazy. You'll hear, you don't hear that, huh? The, all the work. So the so after we talked about the door, the garage door, it got fixed later on that uh, in the afternoon. Two days later, swear to God, one of our old people ran right into it and it's damaged. <laughs> and now we're waiting till Tuesday for this door company. And I don't want to rip them a new one because they're very popular. Uh, they can't get out till Tuesday. So again, the door is open. There's the Mercedes. There's my Range Rover. There's my Big E. You know, we've got all the nice cars, and the door is wide open again. Well, thank God you're running for uh, president of the HOA. Are, are you getting any sense from early polling how you're doing in that race? Any feel for that? Well, I'm pretty good at BSing and smoothing it over with some of the people. The problem with our building, we have a lot of... Um, Oh, I got to watch my wording here. A lot of liberals. So, you know, you've got the liberals against my group. Right. So, but maybe I should bring uh, Karate Joe as my sergeant at arms. What do you think, Tommy? Well, I mean, you know, look, uh, it, it may not hurt. Uh, you know, the doorman James may have uh, just shared that information with you confidentially. Most of the other people in that building might think to themselves, gosh, he doesn't look like much of a threat, but man. I mean, this guy might be a, you know, triple, quadruple, 10-time <laughs> black belt. Those guys may not look He's, very big, but you don't want to mess with those guys. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Joe is, like I said, he's a J-O. That is an example of a J-O. <laughs> hey, I got a question for you, Tommy, and I, and I, you know, enough of our tomfoolery that we seem to do once in a while here. Here's what, I, and I'm serious on this, and I'm going to ask you the question, and I don't want you to do the old political correct thing, which you're not, which I like. But I'm going to ask you a serious question. You guys have probably already dealt with this on your great show. Why wouldn't the Reds sign Trevor Bauer? Well, I, I think, Tracy, that look, um, I, I think Trevor Bauer is an outstanding pitcher. I think that, you know, that, that, that he might be the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. He Very might be. Uh, the yep. last time he pitched a full season, for, well, it wasn't a full season, it was COVID. He won a Cy Young Award. Uh, nobody's more focused. Uh, nobody uh, knows his body better, knows about the mechanics better, understands the analytics better. There, You know, all of that. But look, as far as the Reds, take away even the PR part of it, okay? I just take that out of the mix. I mean, the Reds are not going to go spend any money on Trevor Bauer or anybody else for that matter. Now, no, wait somebody... a minute. The understanding, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. Maybe I've got this wrong. It's only going to cost them $750,000. I understand that, but they're not going to do it. They're just, you and oh, I both come on, know it. Tom. They're not going to do um, it. They got enough PR okay. problems down there right now, Tracy. You know what a PR problem is, Tom? Losing 100 games well, and friggin' finishing in last place. How far can you go down, okay? Or, or a president criticizing the fans. That's not real good image either. I'm just saying, hey, Trevor Bauer had a lot of success here. 
Yep. You know, he was found innocent. He, he was never found guilty. I actually dug into the Trevor Bauer. He was accused of doing three things. The third thing, I don't even think is possible. I'm not going to get into it because this is a family show. We got a lot of kids watching. Okay. I'm not going to get into it. All but right. he was found not guilty. And I just can't believe he got a, a suspension of 324 games. You know, Will Cordero had eight games for domestic violence. Chapman served 30. Addison Russell, 40. Uh, Urias, the pitcher for the Dodgers, 20. Azuna, the outfield for the Braves, 20. I'm a guy that likes second chances. Tom, you should be getting a second chance is kind of why I'm bringing this up. But you ever see some guys are allowed to get away with things? and others not. There's kind of a double standard, double rules for some people, and other people, like a Trevor Bauer, gets hammered. I think he's being treated unfairly. The girl wanted rough sex, right? She texts that to him. What is the definition of rough sex? Again, this is a family show, but I'm just saying, there's a le legitimate point there. I, you know what? I, I mean, it, it, there's no doubt. It, it's it's and, and I'm not waffling on this thing. It's just an extremely complicated uh, issue entirely. Do you think at the end of the day, take the Reds out of it. They're not signing Trevor. Yeah. All right. Okay. But at the end of the day, do you think there's going to be a team? Because w w one of our viewers in the chat brings up Addison Russell has not played in the big league since all that. I know. Now. So that's a good now, point. Now, he was now, a good shortstop. But is that because of that? Or is that because he just wasn't a very good player? I mean, he started no, off as a guy that looked like he was going to be up here, and then just slowly but surely, he ended up losing his starting job even before all that went down. He's still a very young yeah, man. But he, he got to the big leagues as a very young man. But, but, but let me ask you this. Do you really believe there's going to be a team ultimately that is going to say, okay, look, I know I'm going to get a ton of heat for this sign. But okay. I also know in the back of my mind, and I always find this so interesting because no owner is going to come out and say this, but this is what they say behind closed doors, okay? Right. There's somebody out there that is saying behind a closed door right now, um, look, the PR nightmare, and they, they've got the people around them, they're bouncing ideas off of in this day and age, the climate we're living in. But sooner or later, somebody's going to say, well, we may not hear as much if we win. And our Very chances good. of winning are a lot better having this guy on our team, even though you even acknowledged last week, guy's not a good teammate. The yeah, guy's not, not a good teammate. Yeah, Let, let's not worry about chemistry. You know, the Oakland A's back in those days didn't get along real well, and I don't think a lot of the Dodger players got along real well. I just think he's a guy. Okay, if I'm a general manager, what is my number one goal? If I'm getting a, 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 a getting a team together, have a 25-man roster, it's to get me a number one starter, right? And that's Trevor Bauer. I mean, where can you find a number one starter for $750,000? I mean, I just shake my head. Can you imagine if this happened 20 years ago? Can you imagine 20 years ago and George Steinbrenner is the owner of the Yankees back then? Do you think George would have signed Trevor Bauer? But everybody, you said the culture, the mindset of people, people are scared, right? We got that woke crowd that got you, Tommy. You know, that's that's how it is. I mean, I hate to be so hard on this, but it's just, it seems unfair to me. Well, I, look, I, I think it's going to be fascinating uh, to see if somebody signs him. And equally as fascinating, how that team is prepared to handle the questions. And how they're going to be prepared 
to handle everything that goes about it. Because the one thing about baseball, Tracy, you know better than anybody. You lived it uh, for a long, long time as a player. Is that baseball is every day. You know, football, you don't have access to the locker room uh, like you do in baseball, right? You, you might have access right. to a player once or twice a week. Now, whether or not Trevor Bauer, if he signed, wants to engage in, in interviews and talk about this stuff, how they would handle that, all of that would have to be put together. But, right. um, you know, look, there's no dodging the fact. I remember when I was covering Pete through the whole thing, and you were back there in those days, through the yep. whole thing in spring training. I was there every day. I've never seen anything like it, 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 it down in when the Reds were still training down in, in, in the Tampa area. Uh, or Plant City, wherever it was, um, is is the, the press was there in mass every single day. It was crazy. It, it that was crazy. that brings back a lot of memories. You know, I was with the Giants at the time. I've t I think I've told you that story. And Rod Beaton of the USA Today called me. Yeah. And says, you know, this with Pete, the allegations of Pete gambling, and he says people say you know a lot about what's going on. Because I, I knew some of the same people. You know, I, I like Paul Jantz. I like Tommy Jose. I like fight Fat Mike Bertolini. And they say, what do you know about it? Is there something to it? And I said, I'm not going to talk about it. I, I would never sell a teammate, a manager, a coach. under. The, I wouldn't throw him under the bus. I'm certainly not going to throw Pete Rose under the bus, even if I knew something, which who knows what I know. All right, let's shift gears here now. Uh, there have been a lot of recent developments here, uh, Tracy, with your good friend and mine. Say good morning to the Ham and Eggers, Casey and uh, Paul. Hello, Tracy. What's up, boys? How's it going, Tracy? Uh-oh. Whoa. All right, Tracy, during the show today, we were talking before the show. Uh, Brandon Seho is going to the game, but he's going with family to the game. Uh, the Bengals and Bills in Buffalo. Okay. I asked Casey, are you going to the game? Because he's been going the last couple of weeks to the Bengals games, both against the Ravens, regular season and the playoffs, with the best man to be in his wedding. Uh, and I asked him, are you going up to Buffalo? He said, no, I'm not. Well, in almost the blink of an eye, since we have started this show today, he is now going to Buffalo with the soon-to-be best man in his wedding. And his bride-to-be wrote back, he's leaving me high and dry here at home. I assume uh, he was taking her along. Do you have any thoughts no. on that? Or do you think no. that's kind of I, setting a good tone early on? I mean, that argument listen, could be made on this deal. Is, is she listening right now watching? I don't know. Is, is Probably. Okay, here's the thing. She has nothing to worry about. You guys are going to Buffalo. Listen, there isn't, you know what a good looking girl's called in Buffalo? A visitor. I like going to <laughs> Buffalo. Let me tell you this, guys. I was playing for the Denver Zephyrs and we went to AAA and, and I played in AAA and I had a horrible series. We played against Oklahoma City's with that's a Texas Rangers AAA club. Had a horrible series. I think I went like five for 15 with a couple stolen bases. Had a horrible series. And I said, you know what? I'm glad we're going to Buffalo. And, and Paul O'Neill says, why? He says, because I'm going to get me a good slump buster there. And I went there, got me a slump buster, and I must have gone, I don't know, 10 for 15 in the series. So the point is, and it's not about me, it's about you, Casey. She has nothing to worry about. There's no good-looking girls in Buffalo. 
Do you know of one good-looking girl in Buffalo from Buffalo, Doug? Are you asking me? Yeah. I think there are, there, there are many good-looking women in Buffalo. Oh, really? I do. Okay. I do. Okay. I, think, I think there are beautiful women everywhere. Inside and out. And I'm all about the inside part, uh, Tracer, you know, uh, with their heart. Me, you know, their me heart, too, Tom. Me their too. Soul, their head. <laughs> See, you, you get the perverts in the room, right? Yeah. They go down a different trail. See, that's the difference, the generational difference, Tracy, between guys like you and me and these clowns. Yeah. I'm yeah, talking about their clown. inside, their heart, their soul, their minds, their spirit. These clowns. Yeah. Turn everything. Sexual. Looks are very. Looks are secondary. Way down in the totem pole. I mean, these Not people on this chat—they—they—they they, they are just. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. What it's, a they got? It's, a, it's a shame that Sharon's not here. She's not here today. I don't know where she is. Um, but so, um, Casey, uh, any thoughts? Well, there actually has been a development since the show started, <laughs> Casey. And what is that? What, that I got tickets? Yeah, you're going. Like, yeah. you are going. Yeah, when the I'm show started, we didn't have tickets. Now he's got tickets. Yeah, I've got tickets. Um, section 201, row 8. I'll see everyone there. Dave, <laughs> Thomas, this is a problem. Is that the second deck, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay, and, and you said row terrible. 8. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what this yard line, roughly, are you on? We're on the end zone. Okay, that's cool. Nothing wrong with that. I like end zone. You're too. getting married. You're getting married. That kind of spending is reckless. Remember, you are just a poor bastard, right? You're just trying to get to that wedding, and you're out there spending on football tickets? In a and the gas, Tracer, the gas in a hotel room going up to Buffalo. They're not giving gas away right now. They're not giving anything away. Remember, inflation is coming down, but the CPA still, CPI is still at 6.5. You know how Biden's economy was working for you, Tom. Well, I Casey, mean, I, just cancel the trip. Tracy, he brings up a great, uh, 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 Casey, he brings up a great point. You are spending a pretty penny. How much did the ducats cost you, did you say? Did the what? The, the tickets. <laughs> that is teaching Casey. Ducats is tickets. How much do those cost me? Uh, with fees, it's like 200 something dollars. Okay, like so then you're going to have to spend probably buck 10, buck 40, buck 50 for a hotel. You're going up Saturday, no, right? No, we're, we're leaving Sunday morning. He's doing the whole I'm thing, doing in, the one whole day. thing on, in one day. Okay, so gas is going <sighs> to cost you a couple hundred bucks. What about the strip bars going there? I mean, those girls, they're pretty inexpensive in Buffalo. I think they actually pay them to keep their clothes on, kind of like the BA here in Covington. <laughs> well, you know, I think I think uh, the the money thing, I, I've been doing really well sports betting. I'm going to hit another parlay tonight, and oh, I'll be fine. Oh, Can goodness. you believe the way these guys, Tracy, I got in here today. Oh, no. Here we go. And I heard yeah. these guys talk. Okay, they're always talking about gambling. Okay, I have a lot of vices. Gambling is not one of them. Okay. Um, but, you know, look, I, I like listening to what these guys think about games. The conversation slips into these guys gambling on women's basketball. College basketball and basketball being played professionally overseas. This is what these guys are spending their money on. You as a financial advisor would say what? 
Well, I think that kind of spending, the spending on gambling is reckless and it's going to lead to problems pretty soon. This is what happens. Okay, that's a gateway problem here. So you're gambling. Next, you'll be drinking. Next, you'll be cheating on your wife. Next, you'll get a divorce. That's how this is going to play out for you, Casey. I already know your life. No, honestly, you guys can't be gambling like that. That's dumb. It's dumb. By the way, is it five points the uh, bills are giving up? <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think it went up to five and a half. According okay, to Betfred, well that, that is. According to Betfred. Tracy, Bengals yeah. are going to win that game this week. No, not with that offensive line. They're going to win the game. They the are Bengals. going to win the game this week. Well, I'd like to bet you, but the last time I bet you, I lost with that Dallas kicker. I thought they were going to release him. It turns out they're going to let him kick, right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling surprised. you, they, they are not going. Yeah, they're not. I mean, now, if he stinks it up this weekend, uh, you know, if they lose, it doesn't matter. They're out. But if they, if he stinks it up again this weekend and they win, um, you know, his time might be up. But I bet you the guy bounces back. I mean, you got to root for a guy. To I bet he back, doesn't. Right? I mean, come I, on. I bet he come doesn't. On. It's mental. It has nothing to do with physical. When you miss four PATs back to back to back, that's a mental thing. He's not going to be able to shake that. You know, we talked about this on Tuesday. Some guy having the thing. Right? He can't get it back. I mean, who was it? Mackie Sasser couldn't throw it back to the pitcher. That's Bill right. Murphy couldn't throw yep. it back to the pitcher. Steve Sack. And you never shake it. Eric Davis made 53 errors in 60 games playing shortstop for the Eugene Emeralds. He couldn't throw the ball straight. I couldn't throw the ball straight. I was a third baseman. It's a psychological thing. You get the yips in yep. golf, right? Players yep. do. But, Tom, I just want to – is it all right because it was a $5 bet? I've got a big container like – a can of pennies. Yeah. There's a little over 500 pennies. Do you, and our bet was $5. Do you want me to, can I send that to you? The 500 pennies instead of $5? 500 pennies? Yeah, well, hey, it all spends the same, brother. You know, you can go into okay. one of those machines in your local grocery store now, just dump it all in there, and they spit out the cash. Yeah, but they take a percentage on that. Well. They take like 12%. You don't want that. It's still more than I had before the bet. <laughs> that's right that's right that's right all i was right. going to get you a starbucks card but it's too i can't get anything that's five dollars at starbucks can we? i'm not i'm not a, i'm not a starbucks guy never have been never have been uh too acidic for my blood not i love drinking coffee i like udf coffee um i do too I, I always have it right here all, the time. Um, uh, all the time paul what was the other topic we had that we were going to ask tracy about regarding um regarding casey uh, I think that was what we were going to talk about. I think we were talking about the Bengals game. Was there something else? Casey, was there something we talked about? There was something else. Hmm. I don't know. Brandon? I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. I think we covered it all. Oh, my God. You can uh, ask me on anything. Paulie, what, I know, what's your situation? There was situation something else that came up today. <laughs> Uh, about Casey. Come on, Casey. What was it? I said, hey, let's file that away for Tracy besides going to the game. There was something else. About him giving great advice out? No. You know, I asked him, Tracy, you know, the, the, the question, all this advice that you've been giving to him, and I think that, 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 that just about everybody in our chat that watches your show, everybody agrees, by and large, it is fantastic advice. Uh, the, the only issue might have been the coat check since the wedding is in June. <laughs> I don't know how many people are wearing a coat in June. <laughs> but the parking thing I liked a lot, the flowers thing I liked a lot. Uh, there, were, there were a lot of things I liked in there. 
But I asked Casey, does he go home when they're hanging out, they're doing the laundry together, they're having dinner together, they're walking. Do you have a dog, Casey? We do. We do have a dog. Okay, so go out walking the dog, whatever it is. Uh, are they actually talking about the advice uh, that you're passing on? Because some days uh, Alexandria can see the shows, other days she cannot. And Casey, you said, yes, you do talk about it. Yes, Has we there do. been a, besides the mother-in-law thing and the lingerie weeks ago, let's take that out of the mix, okay? Let's, let's leave that alone for the time being. Um, is there anything that, that sort of hit a chord, wrong chord? Um, hmm. Well, let me just say, you guys obviously listen, and, and your fiancé is very smart. I don't know about you, Casey, but I think the advice, and Tom, you agree with this, not having the open bar. You can just have wine and beer. And I think that great suggestion was go to the, for the flowers, just go to the cemetery. There's always fresh flowers there and just scoop up those flowers that are on the gravesite. They don't need them. They're dead. And then take them and use those for your wedding. Yeah. Checks yeah. out. Yeah. And she talked about possibly getting like dried flowers, like just going to the flower shop and just getting whatever they, they're We don't need real flowers. And- Real flowers are, are no good. They're too well, expensive. Isn't that going to like the cemetery and grabbing what's left over there? Just go to the flower shop, go dumpster diving, grab the flowers out. And... Oh, oh well, that's a, that's not bad. It's that's not, not bad, bad at, all. at all. I remember. I remember one thing we were going to ask <clears throat> Tracy. It's Chris Sabo's birthday today. Do you have any uh, Chris Sabo stories? You know, I was going to bring that up, and I kind of forgot to bring up Sabo. Sabo was a hell of a player, hard-nosed player, could steal bags. Um, I don't, and I played with Saves probably three or four years, and I saw how he developed into a very good third baseman. Tom, I can't, and I know he did because he wasn't perfect, but I never remember the guy making an error. He was that good. Yeah. But he was hard-nosed. There was one time Saves, Saves got in a fight in our dugout, with one of our own players, Delwyn Young. Now you remember Delwyn Young? Oh his yeah, in the play, pretty good player. Little yep. D.Y. We called him. He's in the locker room. So Delwyn, the dad, throws one from right field. This is just in infield practice, and freaking, he launches one. It kind of short hop save. Well, save just uh, you know olays it. Well, Delwyn comes off after. He says, "Why don't you catch the ball?" And saves friggin' Colcock him right there. Right in the dugout. I mean, it's like, it's your own team. Because he just, Sabe was very intense, very good ball player, um, and a great teammate. Great yeah, teammate. and you know, I always saw it, uh, Tracy, and I had said it before he came on when, when we talked about it being his birthday, is that I always saw it, you know, he's coached college baseball just recently, last year at the University of Akron. He's been a minor league coach at times. Um, I always got the feeling that the reason he never moved his way up in the ranks as far as professional baseball is concerned as a coach or a manager, which I thought for sure he was going to be one day, and maybe he still will. He's still young enough where theoretically it could happen. Um, I just just always got the feeling, and I don't know this for sure, that that he just doesn't want to play the political game that you got to play with a lot of these players in this day and age. You think that's fair to say? I think that's perfect. Saves is not politically correct. He isn't going to keep it real as they do. And he's going to tell you what he thinks. 
and he's very, very outspoken. You ask him a question, he'll tell you no lie. He'll tell you straight up what he thinks. And I, I, I think he'd make a great manager. He's certainly a good ball player, though. No, there's very no good ball player. Right, and happy birthday. And listen, hey, I know yep. you guys probably think I give a lot of advice, right? Yep. And I'm just thinking, who in the hell are you, right? Just, just keep this in mind. I was studying in uh, college psychology. Now, I could have been a, a psychologist. I also could have been a lawyer. I could have been an astronaut. I could have been a brain surgeon. All those things were too easy to be. I chose, and I told my dad, he says, nah, nah, nah. what you want to be is a major league baseball. I said, why? Because it's tough to be a major league baseball player. It's easy to be an astronaut, a brain surgeon, right? But to be a major league athlete and major league baseball player and to play for five major league teams. Can you believe that, Tom? Five. Not many guys can say that, Tracer. Five no. teams I mean, wanted you on their team. Think about Barry Larkin, only played with one, right? Tony Gwynn, only played with two, with one. Cal Ripken, only one. And I really thought that was going to hurt their Hall of Fame chances, only playing with one team. Didn't you, Tom? I, I did, but 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 somehow, some way, they managed to pull through enough votes, right? Tony right. Gwynn struck out. To listen to this last one. I'll let you go. Tony Gwynn, Gwynn struck out three times in a game, once. Once. Yeah, that's pretty I mean, good. You, you you got ten guys doing that a week. And that, yes, <laughs> it uh, struck out three times in a game. Another great guy. What a nice guy. Oh, beautiful guy. No doubt about it. it really it nice. Nice and sweet as they come. All and right, I, I played against Tony uh, the in brain college. surgeon. What's that? No. No, I was just going to say, I played against Tony in college. He wasn't even their top player. And, Tom, you're so good with names. It was at San Diego State. And Loyola would always come down and play San Diego State. But the number one player who went, like, eighth player in the country to the Yankees was a guy by the name of Bobby Meacham. Do you yep. know that name at all? Yeah, yeah. He was their yep. top player. Tony just kind of developed into a great, great hitter, one of the best all time. But in college, he wasn't all that good. I mean, he went in the fourth round, I think. Yep, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yep. And God rest his soul. God rest his soul. Tracer, have a great weekend. When we have you back next week, we're going to be talking about the Bengals v. your Kansas City Chiefs for the AFC Championship game a second straight year. I'm more worried about Karate Joe up there making that noise. <laughs> he started at 8 o'clock. I like to go kick his ass, but you know he is a black belt. So I'm, he might... He might be a real black belt. You never know. You never know. You never know. All right, Tracer, have a good weekend. All right. See you, boys. Take All care. All right, boys, before Tracer. we wrap it up, what do you think? We have a um, cherry on top today or no? We do. We, we do. do. All right, let's, let's have at it. This is a McAllister special. Oh, really? <clears throat> well, I think a lot of people are excited to see this. Um, and if you haven't seen it, it's uh, it is the Hubbard 100 mic'd up. Oh, nice. Okay. And and this is he doesn't say much during it, but afterwards it's it's pretty great. So just everyone take a listen to this. Okay. It's at the end of the half.
<laughs> That's great stuff. Great stuff. Going back to his lacrosse days, Sam Hubbard. He was the best lacrosse player in the state of Ohio at Bowler. He didn't even want to play football, right? No, he had committed originally to play lacrosse at Notre Dame. That's crazy to me. And then that, that legendary story, it's one of the greatest stories of all time. Urban Myers, a coach at Ohio State, he comes down to Moeller. He's recruiting another kid. He happens to be sitting in the gym. They're playing dodgeball in the gym, and he's watching this guy run around playing dodgeball. He says, who's that guy? He says, that's Sam Hubbard. He says, well, what's his story? I know he's a football player. I've heard the name, but what's his deal? What's he doing? Oh, the cross guy. No, he's not. No, he's not. And I remember the first game I went up to do, his freshman year, he had been redshirted. I've told the story before. I went up there. Urban's a coach. We're having the meeting before the game. And I asked him, I said, hey, by the way, how's the kid from Cincinnati doing, Sam Hubbard? He says, I have coached I don't know how many hundreds of athletes in my life from everywhere across the country. He said, I've never had one time in my life coaches on the offensive side of the ball and coaches on the defensive side of the ball that are fighting one another to get us to make a commitment on what is going to be his long-term position. Because he's a redshirt now. He only weighed about 215, 220 pounds. He was a safety at Moeller in football coming out of high school. He wasn't a lineman, wasn't a linebacker. He's safety and the best lacrosse player in the state. So I said, well, what do you think is going to happen? Ultimately, it's your decision. He said, I just have a feeling. He said that we get him in a weight room this year, the whole summer, maybe the first year he can play next year, be a redshirt freshman. We could get him up to about 250. He said the next year, I think we get him up to about 265. Next year, we get him about 275, 280. He's a top three-round pick in the NFL draft. Defensive lineman. Urban! Leader of men! Leader of men! All right, boys. Been a lot of fun. Case, great job. Thank you. So you're going to be here for the show tomorrow? You're not going to decide to blow out of town and go up and hang out in Buffalo for a couple no, nights? No, I'll be here Friday. The question right. is whether he's here Monday. I'm going to try to physically make it here. That is a very good point. He may physically be All here right. Monday. Whenever time I get home... You know what? Casey, gonna, there's no I'm chance you're here Monday. I'm going to come in. I'm going to come in Monday. If they win, you'll be here Monday. If they lose, take the day off. No, I'll be here Monday. <laughs> I'll be here Monday regardless. Okay. All right, boys. Not Paul, too picky. great job. Thanks. Yep. Brandon Seho, he'll be making his way up there to Buffalo, although he'll be leaving Saturday with that highfalutin crowd with his family. Yeah. He's yeah. spending a night probably at a Four Seasons or something like that. Do they have a Four Seasons Hotel in Buffalo? Got a Weston. Which, by the way, just got bought out by Marriott. They own everything now. Hmm. They own everything. Get those points, baby. They own everything. Platinum. They bought Ritz-Carlton. I don't think they have a Ritz-Carlton in Buffalo. All right. Boys, thank all of you for joining us. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Big day tomorrow. Our Friday leading up to the NFL divisional round of the playoffs. We'll see you tomorrow.